재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back. Fall is a fruity time here in South Korea. And we have our usual local eats guests hosts here in the studio, Sonia Swanson and chef Jung So Young, who together are responsible for the blog Buri Kitchen, double B-U-R-I kitchen.com. They run back and forth across the Korean peninsula exploring local seasonal ingredients. And they come in here and tell us ordinary mortals what we can do with those ingredients in our own kitchen. Guys, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Kurt. Nice to see you again. Okay, go ahead. Make me jealous. Tell me where you've been traveling recently. You've got that. <laughs> you've got that just returned from the road kind of vibe about you. Yeah, yeah. we were just out of town. Um, we went down to um, uh, Shinan, which is in South Jeolla Province. Uh, it's actually kind of an island, isn't it? Is that, yeah, it's yeah. island. Yeah, um, on the island. Okay. Uh, on the island, um, and we were there because Slow Food Korea recently had um, a really interesting program called the Kanjang Forum. The Kanjang Forum, yes. the soy sauce forum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sounds like it's a whole conference on soy sauce, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But especially it was about, you know, Korean traditional Kanjang because mm-hmm. uh, these days it was really interesting to see the, the numbers. 2012, uh, the market share for Korean traditional Kanjang was 5.7%, mm-hmm. but 2015 it drops to 2.8%. So, so it's kind of getting. Elbowed out by these yeah. gigantic corporate uh, factories producing soy exactly, sauce rather exactly. than little farms, and, and especially you know the 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 commercial product is mostly Japanese influenced soy sauce. So people got together and then we really wanted to talk about you know how we can maintain our beautiful heritage. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I really like Slow Food, the global organization, mm-hmm. and of course mm-hmm. Korea, Slow Food Korea being a branch of that. The whole ethos of that organization is that, hey man, don't don't be so quick to opt for convenience over uh, tradition and heritage. Yeah. You know, a lot of these foods in other countries, here it's kanjang and denjang and things like that. In other countries, it might be artisanal cheese and exactly. parmesan and reggiano. Mm. And there's a whole lot of companies waiting to come in and elbow out mom and pop who's been mm. making this product for a hundred years or so. You lose an important part of the culture, don't you, when that when that happens? Yeah, when I saw the numbers, I was almost you know, scared. You know, we really can lose our heritage. So I think it's really important, you know, to focus on what you are eating and, you know, how we can um, carry on our, you know, culture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, either one of you, tell me a little bit about traditional Korean soy sauce. So, what's, how do they make it? What's it made of? Or um, The Japanese-influenced soy sauce, is they use wheat when they ferment. So, mm. it brings out, you know, sweet flavor. But Korean traditional soy sauce, kanjang, is only made with soybean, water, and salt. That's mm. all. So, it it has no, you know, it's, a, it's slightly sweet, but... You know, it's compared to the other um, factory-made one. It's less sweet, but it's really good for you know seasoning for your food. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The idea being that the wheat raw implement has more inherent sugars, I guess that that make the uh, end product sweeter. Is that why the Japanese stuff is sweeter? 
Uh, kind of, I think, you know, the wheat brings out, you know, sweet flavor. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you prefer, you know, milder and sweeter flavor, mm-hmm. you can use that kind of soy sauce. I'm not totally against, of, you know, using that soy sauce sure. because sometimes people need it and some people like the flavor. But um, I just want to hope the Korean people, we will not forget about that. the fact that we have our own traditional yeah. stuff. Well, it's not a head-to-head competition, is it? Right. I mean, the, the big sort of corporate Japanese-influenced wheat-based soy sauce is going to win. They're going to have the lion's share of the market. I guess mm. the question is, let's not you know, vaporize or exactly. be marginalized completely. Mm. Let's at least have some sort of semi-respectable market share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what else about this forum down in uh, Shinan? Why have it in Shinan in the first place? Is that a kanjang place? Uh, <laughs> not particularly. I mean, every region has, has its own kanjang or has its own, you know, fermented products. But we went all the way down to Shinan. It was, what, a four and a half? Five hours. Five hours, <laughs> yep. yeah. Five Were you the one who drove, <laughs> Chef? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. <laughs> This time we took bus. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, 7.30 a.m. bus to Shinan. Um, but Shinan is actually um, known as sort of one of the... salt capitals of Korea. It's just um, known for lots of salt production. Mm -hmm. And as you know, salt is a hugely important ingredient in making kandang um, and making all kinds of fermented products. Um, So what they have there is something called the yamjan. Have you ever seen any of the photos of people doing that, those kind of like salt... making things out in the field? I want to say yes. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what does it look like? So it's very flat. You've got like a very flat, dark surface and people are just kind of like with these almost like sque- giant screen. Giant screen doors kind or, of thing. Or squeegee mm-hmm. kind of almost squeegee. like. Squeegee. Yeah, like almost like rakes kind of and they're just like pushing mm-hmm. salt water across the, you know, sunny, like hot surface and evaporating the water from the, the seawater okay. that they take, and that evaporates. And so it, sometimes it's translated as, um, oh, this is called tanilyum, and it's sometimes translated as solar salt because okay. it's um, dried from the sun. And so the, the final product is a very rocky, rough uh, kind of sea salt, like you might, uh, mm-hmm. like you might purchase. Uh, the, the coarse... The size can be differentiated. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very kind of minerally. And then it's that that they toss in with the soybeans. Are yep. the soybeans cooked or uncooked? Soybeans? For, for soy sauce. Oh, you have to cook. So they're, they're blanched or boiled, and then you toss in salt, and then presumably just let it sit for a long, long time. No, you have to cook, and then make a block, and then dry, ferment, and uh. then you add the salt water into it. I see. Mm-hmm. So it's basically, it's denjang. But then you add water and sort of extract the soy sauce. No, meju, the soybean blog, you add water, salt water, and after 40 days, you know, the water becomes, you know, brown and black. I see. And then you have to split the solid part and liquid part. Liquid part will be your kanjang. Mm-hmm. And solid part, you have to smash it again and then put it into the jar and ferment again. Then you become your soybean paste. That'll denjang. become your denjang. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. And so that the key ingredient there actually is Time. time. That's one of the big differences oh, between yeah. commercial yeah. products and the artisanal product is how much time it takes. And your care. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. And your method and your <laughs> sonmat, right? Your, mm. I, I, I don't know if that your comes into play Your love and heart. Mm. You know? All right. So, yeah, that sounds interesting. The, mm-hmm. the soy forum, kanjang forum sounds like a fascinating thing. But I had promised this whole time that we were going to get uh, into fruits, specifically fig season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Sonia, you grew up in the U.S., right? I did. Uh, you and I probably had, as, as children, 
uh, the f- fig figs were limited to the universe of fig newtons. You know the oh, yeah. uh, fig cookies in the U.S. I don't even know if they sell them here, uh, but it's like mashed pressed figs in a cookie, and I thought that's all figs were ever. Uh, and then I, I think I only tasted my first fig maybe five, six years ago. And a, 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 the a fresh f- one, a fresh one, really? Yeah. So oh. you're spoiled here in Korea. You've had figs all your life, haven't you? No, 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 no. It's not true. Um, it's very recent. Yeah, yeah, very recent. Is it recent? Yeah, I, I tasted fig because I lived in Saudi Arabia when I was young. Okay, <laughs> that's how I tasted fig, but. It's um, it's almost like very recently I started tasting, you know, find fresh fig, especially fresh one in Korea, and even dry one wasn't popular in Korea. Mm. Mm. Fresh but figs are wonderful. They grow well here, mm. don't they? They do, yeah. And actually, I think it's really like a regional thing because um, I I uh, I think if we look back at the the history of of figs in Korea, we know that. Um, they originated in the, the Middle East and Persia. Mm. They came to China sometime around the eighth century, and we have some records of like people in the Joseon Dynasty mentioning this fruit. Um, and I think commercial production though didn't actually start until like the uh, maybe um, after ni- after nineteen hundred, and okay. then kind of really took on an earnest probably in like the nineteen eighties or so. I'm mm. guessing when a lot of you know new fruits came in to more I guess um, uh, production. But before that, I think it was pretty much like a regional thing. Like mm. you would really see it more in like the southern regions of Korea. Like maybe like each house would maybe have not each house, but some houses would have like maybe one tree in the or yard or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This mm. ties into mm. your trip, right? Mm. That you figs were going strong when you were down there in Chinon, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, let's let tell you about that. Did you did you eat a lot of figs in Chinon, Taeyang? I will confess. <laughs> Actually, there were a couple of the fig trees at our forum place. Oh, more than a couple. There were yeah, like, there were like five. Uh-huh. More than that. Even. And the yeah. first time when we saw it, I was like, woo, fig! And I wanted to taste it so badly and we were hesitating so much. But later we asked the Sajangnim, the CEO of the company, and uh, we saw the fig tree out there. Can we eat one? And then he says, like, yeah, it's open to the beauties. <laughs> <laughs> So with with that permission, we may have gone a little crazy. (laughs) A typical mature fig tree, how tall is it? Is this as tall as you guys or taller? or Um, Much taller than us. (laughs) Yeah, but it was interesting. There were like, you know, about four to five trees, which was almost, you know, double size than Mm. our height. Mm. And there was a really old and old fig tree, which was so big. On the other side, but the fig, you know, from the old tree, was not juicy at all. It was completely dried. Mm. I think it's it's because you know it's old old tree. I'm not sure, but mm. it was different. But it can be grown. I think you know pretty tall. Okay. Yeah. And the what's the fig output on say a medium aged fig tree? Is it? Uh, are we talking dozens of figs or? I mean, I'm a cook, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, I'm not a farmer, okay? No, but I mean, just to look at it when you went into the garden. Okay. Okay. I'm not asking for, you know, uh, statistical data. When you go out there and there's a fig tree, what are you looking at? Are you looking at uh, 10 figs on the tree or, you know? Oh, that's, maybe, that's all I mean. I mean, it depends on the size of the tree, but I guess if you have like a decent sized branch, you can 
I mean, at, on that branch, some will be unripe and maybe mm. like, I don't know, half a dozen will be ripe or yeah. maybe three or four will be so ripe. So when you guys yeah. would go out and say, yeah. all right, he gave us permission to pick figs and eat uh-huh. some figs, on a given tree that's, say, you know, medium-sized, you'd be able to find, what, uh, three th- or four? I think or? from one tree, there were kind of, you know, more than 50, uh, 50 figs, wow. right? At least 10, yeah. Yeah, more yeah. than 50 figs. Wow. But they're all the different stages of ripeness. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. They're sweet, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> These are not like, you know, apples or... It's not a sour fruit. This is like a it's kind of nature's candy in a way. Yeah, it was like a fif- uh, about 55%, you know, they have the highest, highest sugar content of all fruit. Mm. So if you see the fig, you know, ripen one, you can see so many, you know, bees were stick on there and then they are eating and digging the fruit. So it was like almost jammy and... Oh, it was really sweet and nice. <laughs> ah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what, you, what is your favorite? It sounds you know? wonderful. This, this sort of sugar syrup on the figs, but fighting off the bees sounds uh, unpleasant to me. Really? Yeah. I'm not. I'm oh, not a big fan of bees at all. <laughs> What's it? Oh well, it's not. Uh, they weren't just bees, actually. I think there are also some wasps. Oh, how mm-hmm. joyous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. Have you heard anything about the connection between figs and wasps? You know, there was some little viral thing that just went around mm-hmm. um, on one of those, you know, share sites. And it said something like, um, if you've ever eaten a fig, you've eaten a, a wasp or something like that. Because mm. they use uh-huh. them as incubators, don't they? Basically, yeah, because it, uh, we have to mention something about the name first mm. to talk about this story. Okay. Because the name in Korean, muhaga, the fig, actually refers to mu means no and hua means flower mm-hmm. and kwa is a fruit. So technically it means, you know, no flower fruit. And then the story goes. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you know, figs have no flowers, right? Okay. They just develop as like the fruit. The flower is actually inside, inside yeah. the skin of the of the fruit, and so fruits need to be pollinated. So how do they get pollinated? These wasps climb inside the fruit, and uh, they they bring pollen from the fig where they were born, mm. and they um, pollinate the fruit. They lay their eggs, and then the eggs hatch, and they kind of. I guess poke a hole in the outside of the of the fruit, and they fly out. They emerge. They use it as their little uh, incubator, right. as their little uh, warm place to to hatch and and have their first days of life. Usually, they escape, but if they don't, they're not. We're not talking a full fledged wasp here. We're talking basically like a, a larva. Larva, I think so. Very so very small. I think what I, I've heard two things. One is that sometimes a mother wasp will get stuck inside the wrong fruit. <laughs> um, and so then you might find a wasp there because she dies and she can't get out. The other thing I've heard is that the um, male wasps actually get, also get stuck in the fruits, but they get reabsorbed by the fruit somehow. So the fruit just digests them or something? Like really? That. That's, that's another thing I've heard as well. So, oh. wow. yeah. Um, but car- is it the hole? Fruit. Yeah, the, the, the little, always the muhaga has a little hole at the bottom. Is it the hole that the wasp, you know, escape? I think it's the one they go it's, in. I don't know the, if it's the one they go out. Isn't it at the top where the sort of, uh, the fig is kind yeah, of like a closed yeah. flower, right, isn't it? Right, right. Looks the, like Or at so. the bottom, like the rounded bottom. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's a good argument for cutting your fig or pulling it apart first rather than <laughs> just biting into it. I, I don't feel 
dead or alive, I don't feel like biting into a wasp. That's uh, pretty gross. I think I have to open it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Although protein, right? So, you know, yeah. you just a little extra protein with your fruit. Oh, so. you're the one that likes bugs. That's right. I remember uh, you were right. at the bug restaurant <laughs> snacking on the dried bugs after we were done. Not me. Not I. <laughs> They're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so does Korea do much with, you said figs are a relatively recent arrival, mm -hmm. uh, not, not widespread the way other fruits might be. Uh, do they do interesting stuff with figs or do they just kind of grow them and if you happen to have one near your house you can pluck it off but do they make fig products oh uh, here um i don't see that much of you know fig product in korea it's more like you know for me i don't know why but fig is mostly from turkey or like you know more in the other country stuff mm -hmm. but korea maybe we make you know the fig jams and fig jam yeah mm -hmm. but and not not for cooking not and much. maybe dry them out, like dates, kind of like yeah, Mediterranean yeah, yeah. style. Mm -hmm. You can eat dried figs, which sure, is really sure. nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think mostly people in Korea just eat them fresh, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But huh. my favorite fig dish is like you make a fresh ricotta cheese and, you know, figs and, mm -hmm. you know, honey mm -hmm. on your toast. Ooh, that sounds nice. That's good. Fig yeah. jam, yeah. ricotta cheese, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, honey. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also we have uh, the event for the fig. So we have a... Uh, uh, Fig, fig Festival during September 23 to 25 at Yongnam area. So if you want to experience the fig uh, event, then check it out. I do want to experience the mm -hmm. fig event. That sounds fantastic. September mm. 23rd, is that what you said? Yes, yeah, September 23rd to 25. That's like a fig country down there? Seventy mm percent -hmm. of the country's figs come from uh, Yongam, but mm. it's pretty far. It's near. It's it's in Cholanamdo, South Jeolla Province. So yeah. expect a bus ride, yeah, five hour travel, or maybe like a uh, I don't know a KTX ride to the furthest point you can, and then a bus okay. ride from there might yeah. be a mm. more pleasant way. You to could get. KTX to Gwangju or Mokpo, maybe. So. Yeah, Mokpo, mm -hmm. and then get your bus from there. That that right. sounds like a, a reasonable thing to do. Mm. Uh, I have a friend who grows figs just on his porch, his terrace oh, here mm. in Seoul. He says they're very easy to grow. It's Sounds yeah, like I think they so. don't take a lot, um, you know, th Fairy. they're hardy in terms of temperature. Mm -hmm. And um, right about now is when they kind of bear fruit. Mm -hmm. So where do we want to go from here? Are we done with figs or yeah. are, oh, do yeah. we have more figs to dissect or what are we doing? <laughs> no, nope. let's move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's one more thing we ate when we were down in Talanando. Um, it was uh, really, really delicious. So we were actually on our way back to the bus terminal to head back up to Seoul. And the people who were giving us a ride to the bus terminal were just this really lovely, like, two people who run a restaurant together. And they were like, you know what? We have some time. Let's stop at the fish market. We have time. We have time. And so we rushed to the fish market. And they were like, you know what? There's this fish we have to eat right now in season. And we were like, what? We're going to eat? They were like, yes, we're going to eat this fish because it's the perfect season for this fish. So they treated us to this lovely dish of a fish called nina. We had mm. a 20 minutes and then <laughs> they were pushing themselves to buy, you know, a plate of hay. And then we had to like eat for, you know, like a r runners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we can make it. You know, yeah. we can do this, you know, for Min, 15 Mino, on the go. minutes. Yes. Fast Mino. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does Mino translate into anything or do we just call it Mino or what, what does it resemble in terms of being a fish? Um, I think min means the people, but I guess kind of ironically, it's uh, a fish that was traditionally um, given to the king, uh, served to the king and other like royal people. Fancy fish. Yeah, yeah. If you see the record of the Joseon Dynasty, then always the the um, king and 
the the lady was the wife of the king. I, I suddenly the mm-hmm. words doesn't come queen? up to me. Yeah, queen. Mm. <laughs> yeah, queen. There is a record that they usually they had this fish, you know, for oh. their food. Yeah. Is it still considered fancy? I mean, is it? Uh, yeah, has it, is. it democratized? Is it still it's, expensive? It's it's a fancy, fancy. It's really expensive. It's um. Uh, per kilogram, sometimes it's it's you have to pay per kilogram from Omano from fifty thousand one to up to eighty thousand one, and it was a sp- very small plate of uh, hey, we are raw fish, raw fish mm-hmm. from directly from the fish market, not the French French you know restaurant, huh. but it was a uh, thirty thousand one per plate per plate yes. It's so like 45 fish. bucks to 70 bucks for 1.5 pounds or a, a kilo. That's a lot of money for fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's it taste like? Is it uh, worth that price? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. If you can taste Mina, go out and get some. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I know you, you're a fish lover. I am so. a massive fish lover, fishy mm-hmm. kind of guy. Uh, could I go to, say, Nuryangjin and say, Mina, somebody serve me up some Mina? Sometimes yes and sometimes no. I think it's a little harder to find in Seoul sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a case where they, as is typical with fresh fish in Korea, you know, it's right in the tank, they yank it out uh, and prepare it style right there? No, usually uh, mino is delivered as the dead situ- uh, condition Mm-mm. because it's really important to take out the blood out before oh. you eat it and then age this uh, fish. So the first things that the fishermen do when they catch this fish, they take out the blood. So always uh, mino is delivered as kind of the bloody condition, mm. uh, or- already the blood out mm. and packed in a, a plastic vinyl um back that's that's how it is delivered why is it important to get the blood out um because of the 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 flavor because it's a very mild and clean flavor I fish see, I see. so you have to take out you know you have to get rid of the, the blood flavor sort of contaminate yeah. mm-hmm. the taste of it <clears throat> is hue the only way fresh sushi style or do you do other things can you f- grill amino or fry amino yes you do yes you do but it's expensive one and mm. also it's one of the top uh the the summer food for your health uh to make kind of soup with the mina. Oh. Yeah, almost if you cook it in the mina bones, then almost it comes out in a very creamy creamy almost like a gomtang. Really? Yeah, so just you, the car- the bones, the carcass after the hue has been cut away, the fresh mm-hmm, fish, mm-hmm. you can then use that carcass to boil down yes. and you'll get sort of a, a beautiful yeah, broth. Very creamy. Yeah. That mm-hmm. sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Market tips if I have decided if I'm inspired and the listeners are inspired to go get some mina what do they look for? Um, Mina. Uh, and it's interesting. Usually the female product tastes better, but this one, uh, the male product tastes better. And Mina, especially as bigger, it tastes better. So usually people try to buy, you know, the big one. Bigger fish tastes better and male fish tastes better. Mm. When's mm-hmm. Mina season, Sonia? Um, only until September. It's usually the summertime. So from June to September. So it's really like your last chance to get some Mina. So 
go out and get it. The Mino window is closing. It's time to spring into action if you want some of that expensive, but I'll take your word for it, wonderful fish. I think I'm going to go for it uh, relatively soon. Be a king. Booty.com, double B-U-R-I dot kitchen. Bootykitchen.com is the website. Ladies, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to bring the show to a close today. We're produced by E.Q. Huang with associate production by Jamie Lee, writing by Juhyun Hong. I'm Kurt Asian. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And Amy in the Morning is next, or Hello Korea if you're not in Seoul. See you tomorrow.